amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Radio. I am your host, Scott Cahill, a.k.a. Hip Check. We're going to be spending the next hour or so talking about uh, tonight's disappointing loss, yet another in a slew of many as our Kings fall to the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-1. to one. Uh, But we got a lot to talk about uh, with the uh, big trade, uh, some questionable coaching maybe on the part of John Stevens, uh, got Olympic hockey, and oh, so much more. And here to help me talk about it is L.A. King superfan, Mr. Augie Loya. Hey, Augie, how are you, buddy? Need you ask. You can, you can go back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, just go back to the last, uh, to the last uh, three games, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save the sermon uh, for, the, for the show. But, uh, yeah, just uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Drew Doughty's reaction when Pittsburgh scored that, uh, that, uh, that goal to make it 3-1, to one, that, that's pretty much how I feel. I think we all feel that way. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, right? For those of you that didn't see it, Dowdy made a save in the crease while the while the net was empty, and then it came back out. And he got no help. He tried to dive across to stop Malcolm from scoring. Of course, Malcolm stuffed it in. Dowdy gets up and breaks a beautiful Easton stick that I would have loved to have had because I, I've got a Dowdy stick and I'm thinking about retiring it, but instead Dowdy. Uh, breaks it uh, over the post, or well, actually along the post, and uh, busts it in half, and I cry because I was like, God, could have given it to me, bro. But yeah, so uh, another stick dies in the hands of of, uh, of an LA Kings goal crease, and in this case, it's third string goalie uh, Drew Doughty. Absolutely, and uh, once again, 
you know, I don't think anybody really expected the Kings to win this game. You knew they were really against the eight ball given, you know, the Penguins are the defending Stanley Cup champs. And uh, especially when you look at uh, coming off the horrible Hurricanes game. But I think that's what's frustrating is that, I mean, the Kings shit the bed against the Hurricanes, the one team that they really had a legit chance to win. And then they bring up a great effort against Tampa Bay and really not a bad effort tonight either. But once again, at the end of the day, it's all about the results. And, uh, you know, we'll break down the first, second, and the third period and, uh, and, and break it all down. But it looked to me like uh, really there in the third period, Penguins really put uh, the pedal to the metal. And uh, at that point, that was really where I think they were taken, uh, had took advantage of the game and really took it in. Even though it was still 2-1, to one, the Kings just could generate basically no offense uh, at, at all. And so, well, once again, though, we'll, uh, we'll break all that down here in just a bit. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, about Fanouf. Uh, I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked solid. I have no complaints about his play and the fact that uh, it bumped down uh, uh, Forbert into the bottom pairing position. This is where he probably should have been. Uh, I thought he played, I, I don't want to say spectacular, but I thought he was definitely solid. Uh, your take, Augie. Yeah, he played a solid game. Uh, it was it was mistake free, and uh, he uh, he performed well against a, a team that uh, the Penguins are a fast team. Make, make no mistake, and obviously they've got a bunch of superstars up there. I mean, you got Crosby and Malkin, the two of the two of the greatest players in the NHL right now, and they got complementary pieces that fit. Uh, and he just he hung with them, obviously. And I mean, this is a guy who hung with part of Ottawa last year in the seven-game uh, Eastern Conference Final. So yeah, I mean, Fanouf performed well, and he he got acclimated, he fit in, and there was nothing he did that that made me go, dude, what are you thinking? Uh, so yeah, he played solid out there, and then uh, of course he also tallied up the only goal uh, for the good guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to go ahead and. Break down our three stars and uh, whatnot. As a matter of fact, uh, let me go ahead and we'll give some stats on the game. Uh, we got it in, available now in the third period. Uh, it was uh, Pittsburgh outshot uh, the Kings 15 to eight, and that that was not, you know it's not a misnomer. They had clearly came out and uh, did everything they wanted to do in the third. I was surprised that. Uh, Andy Andreoff was getting as much time as he did in the final minutes of the game. Uh, Andreoff's play of late has been really, I mean, nothing, no, no complaints. He's been solid. He's made some great passes. Uh, you know, really, uh, probably the best hockey he's played in quite some time. But good enough to him being out in the final five minutes of a one-goal game. What, what's your takes on that, Augie? Uh, another guy who's, I don't know, I, I guess that Bieksa punch uh, brought out the offense and the, uh, the offensive side of Andy Andrea, uh, because since that time, he's actually been contributing. Instead of just being out there as a, as a plug, uh, he's actually integrating himself into offense and creating chances, and as evidenced by a couple of really sweet passes during this road trip, and he even had a... Uh, a nice uh, pass given to him in the slot, which he got, he corralled, controlled the puck, fired a shot on net, and Murray, forced Murray to make a good save. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, kudos to Andy Andrioff uh, during this road trip. He has uh, proven himself to 
uh, try to get the Kings into a spot for the uh, for the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe he's being motivated by the fact that he doesn't want to leave Southern California and the beaches in the afternoon. The fact that you can go to the rink, uh, get get out of your hockey gear, and walk out to the parking lot in flip flops and shorts which, of course, in Southern California you can do, and you cannot do that in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Not that they were trained in Calgary. Indeed, indeed. There you go. All right, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and, uh, before we get too far and start kicking the dog and bringing on some callers, uh, let's go ahead and do our three stars uh, right now while we're at it, because uh, there was some notable performances, and, uh, Augie, I guess uh, we had talked about this earlier, and we had talked about uh, Andreoff himself maybe as being a potential third star, and I don't think we need to recap it, but uh, you said it pretty nice. He made some great passes tonight. Other honorable mention that I wanted to give was really Kempe. Uh, he, uh, once again, he's he's really at this point, I mean, hard to rank, but I think really if you're looking for offense and consistent offense, even just a guy that can create, you know, take away scoring, take away passing, take away assists, all that, just a guy that can create. I think Kempe's leapfrog. I think when you're looking at, the, you know, the Kings roster now, I think Kempe's now, what, a top five guy, maybe top four guy, uh, really, when you look at the, the Kings scores uh, and the, the players that contribute consistently. uh I'm I'm just he he's maturing by every game and once again I think that's his maturation is really I think uh in direct uh opposition to some of the other players that are really struggling right now. Go ahead. I uh, you pretty much summed it up uh, he's really come into his own this season and uh, uh he he got it's amazing what confidence will do and I see a guy who is uh playing a very competent brand of hockey and he's out there discovering himself and contributing and the most impressive two of the most I guess you could say defining moments that I've seen from him away from obviously uh, the goal scoring because uh, I've said before this season that up to now uh, Trevor Lewis 2.0 which uh, lefty Trevor Lewis and that's not something that we really needed Uh, what we needed was a guy that could find the back of the net and he started finding the back of the net but there, there are two things about him away from the puck that, that I saw that really impressed me about him. One was his physical presence uh, out there and the ability that he does like contact and doesn't shy away from it. Uh, and that is something that is, is getting rarer these days. And uh, despite the fact that he has taken a lot of penalties, uh, he's he's gotten away from that. They, he's not taken nowhere near amount the, the amount of penalties that he did earlier this season. So he adjusted to the new rules and the way that they're calling the game. But the big moment is when he dropped the gloves against the Rangers uh, in defense of Trevor Lewis, uh, and actually held his own with a guy with a with a tough guy from from the Rangers. I think it was Smith, but I mean he held his own there. And that really showed something to the boys in the locker room and, and gives a lot of credibility to his growth as a player as he rounds himself out. And I, I'm thinking that uh, I'm really excited to see what happens uh, with Kempe as he progresses in his career. And I, I think he's barely old enough to buy a beer about now. <laughs> yeah, let's forget tonight he, uh, you know, got an assist there on the gab. Uh, I'm sorry, on the Fanuf goal. 
But also, too, I believe it was there, was that in the second where he made that nice saucer pass? Very easily could have been a goal. Could have very, very easily been a two-assist night mm-hmm. for him. And I think, I think that's the other thing you bring up a good point. As he's getting confidence and as he's growing, he's, you know, he's, he's has the courage to make those type of plays where I think maybe a younger player wouldn't be able or, you know, maybe wouldn't try it. But now that he's had a little success, you're seeing him be able to generate more offense. And uh, definitely in, a, in a, a, you know, a bleak stretch of games here for the Kings, he's definitely been one bright spot. Uh, let's go to our second star of the game, though. Uh, without a doubt, no surprise here. We're going to go ahead and give it to, to Dion Banouf. A uh, real stabilizing force there. Uh, got the game with, or the game's only goal for the Kings. Uh, didn't have quite 10, 10 minutes worth of, of ice time. Only had about 19 minutes tonight. I don't know if that was maybe uh, John Stevens still wanting him to maybe acclimate a little bit more to the Kings game plan. Or, you know, I really don't know what the thought process uh, was behind that. But, you know, had really just a little bit more uh, ice time than, than Derek Forbert. But you could see his... Uh, his, uh, you can see his, uh, you know, on the two-on-ones and things like that. He was uh, just, you could see the pro, you know, you could see him being a pro. You could see him being a guy that, that's been there and really knew how to make the play. And so uh, very, very happy with the trade. And I guess to throw this to you, why why do you think, do you think just agree because, because Spanus on a new team, they haven't had a lot of practices. Maybe he just didn't want to, give him that much time or you know it just seemed bizarre to me i thought maybe he would have had a you know at least over 20 minutes worth of ice time so what are your what are your thoughts on that well i listened to uh the mayor john hoven uh earlier today and he he made a very strong point that it's the king's uh, goal to keep the new around 15 minutes per game so given that tidbit of knowledge uh that was put out there by uh, by john hoven uh it doesn't surprise me that it was only 10 because he's only had one practice with the team. And the other aspect of him is his status was up in the air up until near game time because they were trying to resolve the visa issue. And what that resulted from was the fact that even though he was already in the U.S., he was switching from a Canadian team to an American team. So that's why the visa paperwork needed to be redone, and that was the holdup. And they were really trying to get it done. Uh, today or tomorrow at the latest, because if not, uh, they wouldn't have had him for the weekend. They would, and then Monday is a holiday, so they probably wouldn't have had him until next week uh, at the earliest. So uh, kudos to John Solomon who handles the legal affairs for the Kings and deals with this kind of stuff. And he must have learned. <laughs> he must have had a few numbers that he got uh, from the Tory Mitchell visa debacle on his speed dial because they got it resolved before game time. And that was probably a last-minute switch. So, uh, no, I'm not surprised by, by 10 minutes. I think that, that, was, that that's good, especially if the goal is to keep him at about 15 minutes. Because, remember, uh, he's just about to turn 33 years old, and they're trying to preserve uh, this guy's minutes uh, for a playoff run. Yeah, makes makes sense. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and keep moving forward here because uh, we got our star of the game, star number one. We're going to go ahead and give it to John Quick. Who else could it be? 36 uh, saves on 38 shots, especially there in the third period. Uh, without him, it easily could have been 4 nothing, 5 nothing, or whatnot. 
he made really, really big saves tonight, and uh, kind of a shame the the rest of the team couldn't uh, help him out. But uh, he was uh, he was stellar once again. He was big when he needed to be, and once again, Pittsburgh 12 shots in the first, 12 in the second, 15 in the third, and uh, and once again, really uh, it was still only two to one uh, with that uh, third Penguins goal being an empty net. So. Uh, Kings, I think it's it's safe to say the Kings. Are, is, it, is, is it unfair to say the Kings are in disarray, Augie? Why don't you uh, let's have a quick chat about that? I don't think it's so much. That, I don't think disarray is is really the right. Is really so much the right label. I mean, it could be looked at that. That that could be a perception. But I think that it's something that's plagued this team. They've been a streaky team the whole season. Uh, and what's, what's happening right now is they are hitting a really rough patch during a time of transition. I think this is where the, the absence of Jeff Carter uh, is really caught up to them. And this is something where he would uh, – the, the offense that Carter brings has been a huge, has been a huge difference. But uh, on this road trip, they've had one true stinker of a game. And obviously that was the Carolina game, but it was followed. It was too close behind the Predators game. So uh, I, I wouldn't call it disarray just yet, but these guys need, these guys just need some luck, man. I mean, and running into a hot Pittsburgh team tonight, who I think now this is their 10th home run in a row defending Stanley cup champions and Matt, yeah, Matt Murray, uh, uh, playing well, he's he's playing really well, and of course you've got Crosby, Malcolm, I mean all the Kessel and all those guys out there that uh, make life very difficult for any team visiting there. So, uh, yeah, it's in, I guess on the flip side of this, it's a good thing that that this tough stretch is not coming against the uh, Western Conference team or even worse Pacific Division team, because then that would be a time to, to think about disarray. Uh, not just yet, but we'll see what it, what happens. You mean like the seven-game losing streak that actually did happen against the Pacific Division, <laughs> which pretty yeah, much that, pretty yes. brought the Kings to the rest of the pack? <laughs> exactly. Luckily, they had built up a huge lead before them by feasting on the East, uh, but even then, they're no longer uh, they're, they're no longer feasting on the East. So uh, this is just uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's tough. Tough, tough, tough. All right, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and do. Uh, uh, well, actually, let's go ahead and bring on uh, Larry real quick because he's been waiting patiently. Hey, Larry, how are you tonight, buddy? Hey, Larry. Yep. Hello, Larry. Hello. I was on mute. Sorry, Mike. Hello? No worries. No worries, buddy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, great to be on here, and uh, I just. You know, this this game was really tough. Um, I thought that the guys really, uh, you know, were, were – I, I didn't really think they did that all that bad. I just think that they had um, some, you know, a little bit of uh, – you know, with the, with the Penguins, they were, the way they are, uh, they're, just, they're just really a hot team to play. And, and this, this this road trip is really, really grueling on them, so, you know, with the, with the team. So, and uh, with Dewey, you know, <laughs> you know, Snapping his stick on the post there—that's that's a pretty good uh, indication of what the how the team is feeling right now. And I, I don't blame doing one bit. No, I think like I say, I, when we opened up the show, uh, we are all Dewey <laughs> in that in that <laughs> respect mm-hmm. because yeah, we 
We all definitely felt that way. All right, well, sit tight, Larry. We're going to bring you back in just a minute because we have to uh, talk about now. Uh, well, this is the unpleasant uh, part of our, our job here, but uh, we got to call some players out tonight because there was uh, just a couple performances that didn't sit well with us. There we go, the toilet flush player of the game. And uh, we got a couple candidates tonight. And, uh, Augie, why don't you go ahead and start with uh, your candidate that we talked about earlier on defense. Uh, rough night for uh, Alec Martinez. Yeah, he. Uh, this was probably just a, a clunker of a game against a team that you really can't afford to have a clunker of a game against. Uh I'm not sure what his uh, plus-minus was out there today, but it's not even about that. It's about ending up in the box. And uh, he got uh, – I mean, one was yeah, – it was kind of a ticky-tack call, but that's just the way they're calling it this year. So it's not really a, a refuse-suck moment kind of thing. But uh, what, it, what it comes down to is uh, Alec Martinez knows better. It's one thing to get caught uh, out there one time uh, with, what, with what he was given, but the, the second penalty as well. And uh, that took away uh, offensive time from the uh, from the Kings to be able to get out there and try to mount some kind of offense because these are very uh, these, this is a very tough team to try to build offense against and uh, and Martinez just uh, he he did not have a good night and so yep he gets uh, he he gets to be the tidy bowl man today absolutely and you know the other thing too that I was noticing man has. His passes just were not there tonight either. They, the accuracy on, on the headman pass, that first outlet pass, uh, yeah. so critical to get that offensive, uh, you know, the, the transition game and really get into the flow, and it just was not there. So definitely a, uh, a rough night. One of the other players, too, and, and really two that are really struggling, uh, Pearson and Toffoli. Uh, both of them minus minus one. Martinez was a minus one, but Pearson only has ten goals on the season. I think we all expected much much more out of him. And while Toffoli's still uh, you know one of the team leaders in goaltending or goal scoring, uh, just once again it's just the consistency is just not there. And uh, especially tonight too, they just they just were bottled up. They weren't able to create anything, which uh, really. Once again, I think those with those guys not being able to create anything, you know, it makes it a very, very, a very one-dimensional team because now really you can just stack your top defensive guys against the Kings' number one line. And in this case, Kopitar is so valuable defensively, you know, there's some times where you're going to have to match him up against Crosby. So I think with those guys not performing, it really compromises the entire Kings' game plan to an extent where it really makes them a, a one-dimensional offensive team. Go ahead. What do you think, Augie? I think it's been the lack of consistency on the lines for those guys affecting them. Uh, wingers are very particular about who they play with and who they form chemistry with, and they just have not been able to have a, a good mix out there uh, this year. Uh, I mean, it comes in spurts, and it's it's not like they're – it's not like they're – they're hot garbage. I mean, don't get that wrong, but you are correct in calling them out for, I mean, this is a time where you need these guys to rise up and at least create scoring chances. So it's not like they're hitting posts. It's not like they're, 
uh, getting robbed, they're not, they're barely getting any shots on the net. That, that's been the big concern. And I mean, that reared its ugly head in the game against the Hurricanes. Uh, when mm-hmm. the Kings got outshot, what, first period? Something, some crazy number like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got to, you got to start finding the net. And maybe this is a matter of these guys pressing and just trying to find perfect spots instead of just playing the game. And that, that's where, uh, that's where leadership comes into play to, to kind of rein these guys back in and, and such. And we'll see what, I guess we'll see what happens uh, in regards to that. But yeah, they, they have to step up. They're, they're no longer kids. They're veterans. Yeah, they need to step up. Exactly. And both, both underperforming. And also too, I mean, when we point to that Carolina game, you know, sure. Uh, Toffoli scored, but really at that point in the game, Carolina had such a, a huge lead. Carolina was just basically going into their prevent defense uh, really at that point. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope we, in, in these final games in the road trip, uh, Buffalo, uh, Winnipeg, Chicago, uh, I hope we can get those guys uh, going again or at least show us something because uh, their play, I think, has really, really hurt the team. And once again, really, really helps the opposing coach when it comes to line matchups. And once again, when you're on the road, that home coach gets that last line change and so uh i think without them scoring yeah it's, it definitely hampers their ability larry uh what were your thoughts there on uh Toffoli and pearson absolutely spot on with what uh, augie said you know these guys are just needs need to really uh hone in on their their uh, craft and, and just start playing like uh, veteran nhlers because that's what they are you know these guys have not you know are not the uh the upstart uh you know, couple guy, you know, players that, that were there, you know, from Manch or anything like that. They, you know, were, you know, where they were playing, um, you know, in the like they were in 2014 or or wherever. You know, I mean, they just are not um, coming together the way they should. Pearson is especially with only 10 goals. I mean, seriously, he should be around, you know, at least 15 or 16 by now. You know, this is. Yeah. This is just uh, a key part of the game where he needs to he needs to focus on you know and the Toffoli I I just I'm not sure if it's really the you know his his uh, shots you know shot locations that he's going with or, or or where he is on the ice when he's making when he's taking these shots but he's just he has just been losing uh, losing feel for where where he is in, in his offensive awareness I don't know where he is right now yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, even tonight I was watching him. And he looks like a guy that's kind of lost his game. You know, he doesn't have uh, doesn't have really the confidence or really even know. It looks like maybe he's second-guessing a lot. Are you kind of seeing that uh, as well, uh, Larry? I think so. I mean, he just – I think the way – I think he's maybe overthinking it. You know, I we, we, we've been talking about that today in training um, at my work. I mean, I'll, Getting away from that, but anyway, uh, as far as as far as overthinking, you know where he is and, and and what's going on, he may not be, you know, having he may not have had the the confidence lately. I mean, especially with the team, you know, whether they've been playing lately, um, I think it's just filtering over to everybody. So in this, you know, in this situation, you know, it's really a, a tough, you know, tough uh, feeling right now. But if they can get in, if they can watch into Buffalo and start playing the way they've been playing. You know, with the fight, with the uh, the shutouts they had in, in Dallas, especially in De- the the way they if they play the way they did in Dallas, that would that would open up a lot of opportunities for them. 
and to try to just right you know, right some more uh, wrongs that they've been having lately, that would help them a lot. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, when we take a look at the scoreboard, and let's go ahead and hit the scoreboard right now, Flames uh, beating the Predators right now, 3-2, to two, 11 minutes left in the third, not good. Uh, Capitals 3, uh, Wild 1 in the waning moments. Uh, yeah, I guess that has some effect as far as that wild card slot goes. But the other critical game right now, Ducks in uh, Chicago, uh, end of the second period right now, tied 2-2. Two to two. So if the Ducks win this game, uh, if Flames end up winning that game, in addition with the uh, the Sharks actually playing the Canucks tonight at home, this could really be a, a catastrophic night for the, the Kings, really, with the, with this loss, with the Carolina loss, with every other team in Pacific point to, uh, poised to gain points on them. Realistically, at the end of this uh, at the end of the night, they could be five behind uh, the Sharks, five points behind the Sharks, uh, three behind Calgary, and if the Ducks manage to win, Ducks actually leapfrogging uh, the Kings to actually have 66 points, basically having leaving the Kings in fifth place in the Pacific. So uh, once again, catastrophic uh, night. In, uh, in that regard, if that scenario plays out. Uh, other little bits of news for you guys. Uh, as far as uh, Ottawa, you might want to ask, well, what happened in that game with the newly acquired uh, Nick Shore and uh, Marion Gabrick? Well, Marion Gabrick actually uh, scored a goal, believe it or not. Yes, Marion Gabrick scored a goal. Kind of funny, too. I was, uh, what do you think the odds are, guys, where you have a trade like this and uh, let's just boil it down to Gabarik for Fanouf. But what are the odds that each one of those guys would score in their first game on their new team? Let's go ahead. Uh, Augie, give us your odds, and then we'll give Larry his odds. I would say that, uh, well, the the fact that Gabarik wasn't a scratch, uh, that was one obstacle that was overcome. Uh, the other aspect of it is that he's just not been – consistent at all this year. So, yeah, I'd say there were some pretty long odds. And given that Anouf hasn't seen double digits in scoring for about, I don't know, since 2012, uh, and the fact that he got a goal tonight, yeah, I'd say the odds were pretty long. Uh, If I was in Vegas, I would have given you 45-1 to and lost my ass. (laughs) Yeah, crazy stuff. Anyways, Gabrick actually finished with a, a goal and an assist, had the uh, game-tying assist with just uh, 31 seconds left, and uh, Ottawa actually goes on to win in overtime against the hapless Sabres, 3-2. to two. Uh, Speaking of healthy scratches, Jordan Nolan, healthy scratch there for Buffalo. Gabrick's what? line on the night, uh, two, yeah, what are the odds of that? How great would it be if Jordan Nolan got traded for Nick Shore at the trade deadline? Oh, my God. I would go in the streets. I'd buy, <laughs> I'd buy a plane ticket to Canada and celebrate on Jeff's front lawn. <laughs> uh, Gabrick, uh, 18 minutes of ice time. Jesus, when was the last time that he had 18 minutes on the Kings? So, boy, maybe, I don't know, maybe Gabrick will make things good. They gave him a boatload of ice time, and um, maybe he could rekindle his career and uh, – Good for him. 18 minutes ice time, two points, uh, game-winning assist or game-tying assist, I should say. 
Uh, Nick Shore, only eight minutes of ice time. Uh, three of eight in the face-off circle. Pretty much another uh, typical Nick Shore night there for him. So there you go. There's your your breakdown of our former Kings in that game. So, uh, Larry, before I keep moving on, did you have anything else that you wanted to say? Uh, well, about Gabrick, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's funny that he was able to leave his his uh, <laughs> you know his uh, his I don't know what his, his uh, uh, fix, fixer up for uh, at home and you know bring his Ferrari out for this game. I guess I mean I guess he he wanted to to uh, show his new uh, team what he was doing what he was able to do. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. I I wouldn't have expected him to actually score anything the rest of the year the way he's been playing. So, uh, but uh, yeah, good on him. Calm down, absolutely, folks. Absolutely. Sabers without Jack Eichel. Yeah, and uh, hopefully that same Sabres team will appear on Saturday when the Kings play against them. Going to be an early yep. matchup. We're going to be on the air uh, following the game once again, and you folks in the West Coast, uh, going to be a 10 o'clock matchup because it's an early game. So get up early, get your coffee, get your uh, Egg McMuffin, and uh, watch the Kings play Buffalo. And once again, be interesting to see if the Kings – Hey, look! If if the Kings lose to Buffalo, do we wave the white flag? I mean, really? Let's let's be honest. If they lose to the Sabers without Jack Eichel, at that point, should we just wave the white flag and blow the whole thing up? Go ahead, Augie. No, it's an Eastern Conference game. West West versus East. No, absolutely not. Uh, they they've got a lot of head-to-head matchups coming up near the end. And uh, I mean, uh, after this uh, trip back home, and this is their longest trip of the season, as uh, we all know. Uh, so no, absolutely, you don't you don't wave the white flag. I mean, you can make up ground. Uh, you can make up ground. That's all there is to it. If the rest of if the rest of the way, we hardly had any Pacific Division matchups left. The only one that really harms us is the fact that we don't get to play the Sharks anymore. We we're, we're done with them, and that part is uh, is harmful because we can't do any uh, any four point swing games with them. But no, a loss to Buffalo that doesn't that that isn't wave the white flag time in my opinion. Oh, dude, I I tend to I disagree, man. If they they lose to once again a shitty team without their best player, a team that's you know maybe arguably going for the number one draft pick, clearly one of the bottom three teams in the league. You don't. I'm just kind of surprised. Like if they lose to that game, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna think this team is in serious trouble. And at that point, I I mean, you know, crazier things that haven't happened, doggy. And I love I love your faith and confidence. And you're absolutely right that there's still a bunch of games, but geez, if that happens, dude, I I will doubt our ability to do anything the rest of the season. Larry, where do you weigh on? If for some reason the Kings lose to the Sabers, I mean, really, where 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 do you lie on uh, the rest of the season? It's hard to tell, really, because I mean, hey, the, the Sabers are the Sabers, you know, and without Jeff Eichel or, Je- or Jack Eichel, geez, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm thinking of, Jack Car- of Jeff Carter, hoping he'll come back someday, someday soon. Um, well, Jack Eichel out, you know, he, you know, that's, uh, I mean, this is not as, uh, as powerful a team um, without it. Well, but he still has a, a good clout as far as leadership is concerned. Uh, but I, I don't, I, I got to go with Augie on this one. I'm sorry. But I just think that with the way that the team is, is playing, if they, if they just tried to, 
to write themselves, you know, and and just work as hard as they can uh, in in uh, in Buffalo because you know they they are pissed right now. They have to be uh, with the way they play today, but uh, or tonight. But um, I think if they if they if they play well in Buffalo, that's that's great. But if they lose to like maybe you know Winnipeg, I which I kind of expect them to, to be honest with you. You know, you know, hey, I, I'm a I'm a Kings fan, but I'm also a realist, um, and I think they should be able to beat uh, Chicago too. Um, but it's it's a toss up. It really is for the rest of the year. Um, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline, really, because that's where it really is. Um, but other than that, I think that the you know the team really has to to uh, buckle down and start uh, playing some serious hockey lately, or you know in the yeah. stretch. Wow, serious hockey. Are you busting out the team motto from uh, 1998 there, Larry? Kudos to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, this is Kings <laughs> hockey. That's what they should be playing. They haven't been lately. Yeah. Do you remember that, Augie, the serious hockey era of L.A. Kings? I tried to – yeah. Yeah, I remember it. I recall it. I was there for that uh, that nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was also kind of in response to the Ducks, uh, their marketing campaign that had Tinkerbell and all that crap at that time, too. So, But let's be honest, when the Kings come back from this road trip, uh, you're absolutely right. They are anticipating that Jeff Carter is going to resume practicing with the team. Uh, you're going to be looking at about February 22nd will be that first home game uh, versus Dallas. And at that point, at that point, you're really looking at, uh, oh, geez, I don't want to count these up, but about 15, 15 games left. And let's be honest, this is not an, an easy schedule because once they come back, uh, you got Dallas, which, once again, you get Jeff Carter back. How long is it going to take him to get hot? Uh, for starters, you know, he's basically, this would be his first game of the season, almost a preseason game, really, when you think about it from the length of time he's been out. And uh, Kings play Dallas good, but Dallas actually ahead of the Kings points-wise and now actually have a better uh, plus-minus goal differential uh, above the Kings as well, whereas earlier, even in the midpoint of the season, the Kings had, uh, you know, the second or third best goal differential. So now Dallas has caught them up there. Uh, After that, you have uh, the woeful Edmonton Oilers playing just horrible hockey, but once again still got Connor McDavid there. Uh, while that team sucks and is horribly coached, can't really say anything. But after that, now we have a home-and-home against the first-place Vegas uh, Golden Knights. Once again, that's always still strange to have to say that. The first-place Vegas Golden Knights back-to-back. That's not going to be easy. After that, uh, Columbus-Chicago, yeah, probably a good chance they could win those. Uh, Washington in town, you never know with Ovechkin. You got St. Louis. That's going to be a tough one. After that, here's probably going to be their easiest stretch in that next period. Is after St. Louis, you got uh, Vancouver at home, Arizona on the road, Detroit at home, Jersey at home, and then one more road trip that sees them going to Minnesota, Winnipeg, Colorado, and Edmonton. So uh, I don't think it's an easy stretch at, at all. I mean, you got a couple gimme games in there, but by the most for the most part. I, I think they – it, this is crazy to say, but I think you almost got to pray that Carter can come back and hit the floor running 
and try to spark something because they're just digging themselves a hole. And I, I realistically, I just don't know how, you know, is it, would it be great to go on a run? Absolutely. I mean, we're going to need it. And we said it before, too, the team that gets hot in those last ten games is a team that can always go far in the playoffs. We've seen it when the Kings won in 2012. Uh, we saw it, uh, you know, the Predators uh, last year. So uh, we almost are, are waiting for for Jeff Carter to be the savior. I guess the good news is, is that he can do it. The bad news is is that, you know, is that we're kind of throwing all the bags, bags that Carter's going to be the guy that's going to make a difference. And I know I'm just rambling right now, but – Go ahead, Augie. I've said a lot. You're, you have your turn in the spotlight. Uh, well, it's like uh, like we discussed the other day. I don't think uh, uh, Rob Blake is done tinkering with this. And really, I mean, these guys are just trying to play to get into the playoffs. And once you get into the playoffs, make a run. So they're not going to blow things up. Uh, and I, I think that uh, Carter coming back is, is going to give these guys a boost. Uh, and you just never know where that other boost comes from. And do these guys have a run in them? Absolutely. They totally do. Uh, but once again, they have to get out there and actually start getting two points. And it's the games against uh, in the Western Conference that are going to matter the most. I mean, yeah, you have to be you, – you've got to get points against Buffalo. You've got to get those two points because they're there and they're, they're gettable. They're winnable points, and you've got to get those. Uh, tonight's game, I was hoping that they would at least uh, have a tie game, go to overtime with one point in hand, and then hopefully get the bonus baby. But uh, that didn't happen. So now on this road trip, uh, which started out very promising with a, with a really good win in Florida, uh, a, solid, I mean, a, a solid performance, gutsy performance against Tampa, which they, if they didn't uh, start out so slow, uh, they could have gotten a point there at the very least, but they, they didn't, and they end up losing 4-3, and then the stinker in Carolina, and then tonight, I mean, tonight, don't it was a 3-1 to one final score, but really, the game was close the whole way, so tonight was an even game, but I mean, we'll see what these guys do, and see what they build off of that, uh, and like I said, the one thing that I do read with this team, they haven't given up yet, I mean, Dowdy, Dowdy getting up and breaking his stick, that's, that's done because that guy cares. That's done because that dude is just like he he knows that they're capable of more, and he's not giving up. I mean that that breaking a stick right there is done because of his passion for the game. So uh, I'm encouraged to see that because if he just would have uh, walked off hanging his head or or just done nothing or just like ho hum another loss, uh, then uh, he, I think that'd be more concert. I think that'd be more disconcerting. The fact that he went out there and displayed some emotion, displayed some frustration, might be the thing that lights the fire under somebody's ass that needs to be yelled at. Yeah, yeah, no, all, all a really, really good point there. Hey, uh, we got some updates. Not good. Flames currently ahead of the Predators, four to three. Uh, about three minutes left in that one. Still two to two. Uh, Ducks versus uh, Chicago, and uh, the Sharks game uh, really just underway uh, right now, so we'll see what happens there. Hey, uh, well, let's go ahead and switch gears, guys, because uh, I was watching, uh, I was really enjoying the women's hockey, the uh, U.S. versus Canada last night. Really, guys, that, that might have been the funnest women's game I have ever watched, even though the U.S. lost. What a damned entertaining game that was. And uh, 
I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of women's hockey just because my time constraints doing everything else. Uh, you know, with my band, the Hired Gun Trio, who just happens to be playing Saturday in Dana Point. Uh, shameless plug. But fantastic mm-hmm. game. Did uh, did any of you guys watch it? Augie, did you watch it? Larry, did you watch it? And let's go ahead. Uh, start with you, Augie. Uh, no, I did not see it. So, Larry, take it. You. Uh, Rock groupies in Dana Point, uh, Hired Gun Trio is looking for groupies. So make sure if you're a groupie and uh, you want to see some Hired Gun Trio, make sure you go there to uh, watch them play. All right, go ahead, Larry. Yeah, no problem. I I, I didn't see it either, really. But uh, you know, I, I've uh, I've always had a a real uh, a real admiration for the for the women playing. They they really know how to play. Uh, they've had some really good success. You know, uh, Haley Knight and uh, Alex Carpenter, Megan, um, uh, uh, oh God, Dugan, Megan Dugan on the team. I mean, they really know, they really are a passionate group there and they know how to play. Um, and they've shown it time and time again. They really are good. Uh, you know, and they, I hope they play a lot better in the, you know, going into the tournament. Yeah, it was a really, really close game. And, uh, uh, got some bad calls that kind of went against them and whatnot, but uh, it was just a preliminary uh, game there too. So I'm sure they are going to uh, be back uh, playing against them again at some other point. So very entertaining though. If you guys have not watched it, uh, the women's hockey was fantastic. Also note that it's uh, pretty much streaming nonstop on uh, NBC Sports. If you have the NBC Sports app, which is completely free. Uh, you can watch all of those games, and uh, really they're showing all different ones. So you can watch, uh, you know, not just the, uh, you know, USA and Canada, but they are really showing all of them. So it was uh, just an, an entertaining game, and I'm actually I'm pumped now. I kind of can't wait to watch uh, to watch the rest of the games. As for the USA, have you guys watched any of the men's hockey at all? I haven't hip. I was. Uh, I've been working for six days straight, and my busy schedule. Unfortunately, I don't get to watch uh, that much television uh, aside from the Kings hockey and the NHL hockey that I invest my time in. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I haven't. Uh, evidently, actually, the uh, the men's group is playing right now. It looks like. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, Slovakia, one to one. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Kings actually are. Uh, the 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 U.S. team actually lost to Slovenia, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, unless I'm looking at uh, an outdated. But, yeah, they uh, did lose. We'll take they, a look they at did that. Lose to okay, yeah. and, it, and it was Slovenia, right? Yeah, it was Slovenia or Slovakia, okay, so, one of those two, one of those one of those yeah. uh, S nations. Yeah, well, and and also too, uh, we like to say. You gotta think like I gotta think that Russia's gotta have the best chance of winning this just because once again the 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 KHL athletes are allowed to compete in there, whereas uh, you know, because the NHL's going, you're not really seeming the the premiered, you know, to give you an idea of that. Uh, you know, Brandon Wisnew or James Wisniewski, you know, is uh is on the US Olympic team and uh on the Canada team I believe it's uh, Brandon Cozen former Kings draft pick is on there. So I just look at, uh, because hockey season is in mid season here, uh, you know, and once again, I think in Russia trying to, you know, prop up their country and always have a good showing. I mean, 
they've got, you know, Datsuk, they've got Voinov, they've got Kovalchuk on that team. So uh, you got to think that uh, they've got to probably be the, the team to beat uh, in the Olympics without, once again, just me going off on of the, the top of my head. So uh, before we go ahead and wrap this up, let me go ahead and see if we can get any uh, updates uh, from. Well, I'll give you an update uh, right Gator. now. I'll give you an update right now. I'll give you an update right now. I hate the Chicago Blackhawks. Unbelievable. They were up two nothing. They were up two nothing on the Ducks, and within I'm not kidding you, maybe five minutes, uh, the Ducks tied it up two two, and now Henrique has given the Ducks a three two lead because uh, their goalie couldn't stop a puck that was rounding the boards in the net. He missed it, and then the Ducks turned it into an offensive opportunity, and Henrique buries it. Uh, giving uh, the dreaded uh, uh, foul from Anaheim uh, 3-2 lead with 11 minutes and 15 seconds left in the game. Gotcha, gotcha. And, uh, One job. One yeah, job. And, That's uh, all we you're, have. You're turning, into, uh, turning in a cata- catastrophic night for the Kings here. Uh, in other words, though, Gabe Velarde uh, played last night, had just one assist, but – I think he's had points in every game, and I think he's now got 38 and 17 or something like that. Pretty good night in the face-off circle, though. 11, 11, 11 of 18 11 in the face-off circle, so pretty good. Yep, there you go. But Gabe Velarde, once again, the uh, the talk of the junior leagues uh, right now, once again, 36 points in 18 games. I think he scored in almost every game, so... Uh, good for Gabe Velarde. We'll probably be seeing him uh, maybe on the big club next year. So, all right, guys, we're up until uh, until Saturday. Uh, we will talk again. Larry, thank you so much for your call. You have a great night, okay? You too. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Have, thanks for uh, for sharing the airwaves with me. Augie, have a great night, guys. Yeah. Hey, have a good one there. Uh, Larry. Hey, uh, Hip, there was, yeah. there was one thing we didn't talk about. Though. Oh, by the way, are you pressed for time? What's that? Are you pressed for time? No, go ahead, buddy. Oh no, the one thing we didn't, one of the things that uh, that we didn't talk about. I mean, we we talked about the lack of production, but uh, what we didn't talk about was what are the Kings' options moving forward as far as a uh, player movement or uh, as you had uh, when we were discussing uh, the idea of perhaps trading Tanner Pearson. Oh yes, yes. Well. Uh, I was listening to uh, the radio broadcast on my way home from work this afternoon, and they had uh, Josh Cooper uh, breaking it down, and of course uh, John Rosen actually covering the Olympics. So Josh Cooper uh, following up in uh, in his footsteps, and they were talking about how Rob Blake was not done and looking to uh, maybe get some offensive help or additional offensive help, and that kind of uh, got us thinking. Uh, the underperforming Tanner Pearson uh, versus uh, maybe just making a straight-up trade for a Michael Grabner. I mean, Grabner, I believe, is an unrestricted free agent uh, at the end of uh, this year, and we will go ahead and get uh, we'll go ahead and get uh, Pearson's contract here in a little bit too. But once again, Tanner Pearson only uh, 20, t- ten goals on the season, where Grabner I think has about 24. If I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, 24 goals on the season, and uh, once again we'll look at his contract. But let's go ahead and talk about that, Augie. I mean, 
would you would you roll the dice on a guy? I mean, you kind of think that, uh, you know, uh, Pearson now he's you know he's not an unknown commodity. He's not a rookie. Uh, you know, do you think maybe that he's he is what he is, and that's all that he's ever going to be? Do you think that there's more in there somewhere? And furthermore, do you think maybe it's better to open up a roster spot, knowing knowing that? Maybe a Gabe Velarde is going to be taking uh, that step uh, next season. So, uh, what were your thoughts about that? Uh, I don't think that helps the Kings at all. Uh, uh, Gradner has—I uh, mean, he's what is he? He's thirty now. He's thirty years old. Uh, he will be an unrestricted free agent. So you're renting him. Uh, Pearson is under contract uh, for I think three more years at around three point around three point uh, five. So it's either three two or three seven. So I'm just rounding it down to three five in the middle. Yep. Three uh, seven five is, uh, is Pearson's okay. cap. Okay, three seven five, and so you're going to give up the certain. I mean, and Pearson's coming off the five goal season last year. Uh, I. I don't think you give that uh no, absolutely not. Uh you got a guy who uh who took a hometown discount on top of that uh in order to stay because uh that we thought there was no way that Blake was gonna be able to re sign both Pearson and Tafoli. And uh, I think doing that before Jeff Carter comes back, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're giving away uh a guy who is on the rise. I mean uh, 14, 15. He uh, he scored 12 goals. Follow up 15, 16 with 15 goals. 16, 17, 24 goals. So this year, I was hoping to see around around 20, yeah, around 20 to 25 goals from him, just to just to be consistent. Uh, so, and you're talking about a plus player on top of that. I mean, the guy this year so far is a plus nine on the ice, and uh, 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 Grabner, he's he's a plus. Uh, let's see, where is he? He's plus 10 this year. Uh, he's got 23 goals so far, but this is a guy who also last year he scored 27 goals. So how many, how much more can you expect out of him than the expectation is on Tanner Pearson? But the elephant in the room is once again, you got Dowdy one more year left on his contract before he's an unrestricted free agent. Do you think freeing up 3.75 million in cap couldn't that almost be the difference between you keeping Dowdy and trading him, knowing Dowdy right now is what, six million, seven seven million his contract? Like literally if you dump Pearson's contract, now you have the extra cap space where you actually might realistically be able to, to retain Dowdy. Well, here's the flip side of that. If you're dumping another piece of the, uh, another piece that makes that cupboard look bare, bare because Dowdy doesn't want to come to a team that looks like it's rebuilding. He's not going to want to resign. Remember, the, the key word of this is he's a free agent. He's free to choose wherever he wants to go. And if he's looking at being surrounded by the Ontario rain, uh, he might, yeah, you know what? All right, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> it's been real, folks. Got two cups for you. Uh, I'm going to go explore and see what uh, other opportunities are out there. So, Remember, this guy he wants to win cups. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be playing or, or rather, uh, babysitting uh, Ledoux, Velarde, uh, Gravel, McDermott, and so on and so forth. So, you you've got to you got to have something in the cupboard uh, for him to come back to. Uh, and then on yeah, top but of I, that I too, think... I mean, to what? But here's the, here's the key question: How much money 
can the Kings realistically spend, spend on Drew Doughty without becoming what the Chicago Blackhawks are right now because they're stuck in those contracts with uh, Taze and Kane? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on there. I mean, he makes $7 million right now. So, you know, you make $7 million, realistically – how much more can you give without just once again wrecking the entire team? I mean, I don't, I mean, the numbers kind of mind boggling to me is that really as an unrestricted free agent, do you have any doubt that that Dowdy will probably get 10 million from some team? I think some team will offer him 10 million. It's a matter. It's just a matter for him. Is it worth it for, for him to go and not just when I say worth it, I'm not talking about just monetarily. I'm talking about quality of life, happiness, uh, the fact that this guy can go anywhere in Southern California and walk around in peace uh, without being hounded or put under a microscope. Uh, I mean, he gets to be under the radar out here, and he gets to go home and visit Canada during the offseason, visit. But, and he spends the majority of his time living out here. So those are things that come into play. I mean, is the extra money worth sacrificing your happiness? And, I mean, at some point – I mean, this guy, how much is his contract worth, the duration of this contract? Uh, what will it be worth at the end? Is it like $35 million or, or $28 million or something like that that he's made th- through this contract yeah. that he's currently on? That's a lot yeah, of money correct, at some right point. I mean, yeah, I mean, at some point you're kind of going, all right, uh, yeah, I mean, if I stay with the Kings for five more, for another $35 million, I, I think I'm okay. I mean, you know, how much cash is that to burn through? And who knows? Uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, the other thing, too, is that Dowdy uh, recently got engaged. And how, does, how would his wife feel about moving to some other spot in God knows where? Let's just, because I mean, everyone says it's Toronto. I mean, would his wife be happy living up there? I don't know. Or his soon to be wife? We don't know. I mean, those are the, I guess those are the hidden factors. And who knows what, with the Fanoof in the locker room with him now. Uh, if he's asking him, hey, okay, what was it really like out there being under the microscope of the Toronto media? Is it that bad? What's Fanouf going to tell him? I mean, those, are, those yeah. are all things that come into play here that are, that are hidden factors uh, with this. So, yeah. Well, as, let me ask you this, too, because you probably know more than me here. Uh, so, he, so Dowdy's just got married or whatnot. Is his, uh, is his spouse, you know, is she a Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach you know, was she a girl that was raised in this area? Because you kind of saw, too, that uh, Southern California girls from that area typically don't like going to cold-weather climates. Uh, I think the transition for uh, a, South Bay, a South Bay girl going to a Canadian city, once again, with that type of uh, the microscope going all the time, Really, I, I could understand why that's got to be challenging as hell, and 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 why people wouldn't do it. And uh, have you? It's not just me that's heard this before, right? I'm I'm not floating any bizarre theory. This is kind of known as a uh, hockey axiom for Southern California, right, Augie? Yeah, it is. And I, you got to keep in mind that uh, <clears throat> about a year and a half ago, uh, Audi dropped six million dollars for a uh, for for two parcel property. Uh, in the South Bay, like a 3,900 square foot house, like a, it's like a, what it was is, uh, I guess the home there was like initially three housing units with like a 10 bedrooms, five bathrooms, 3,900 square feet of space, just around the block from the Strand, 
So I mean, he 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 spent he's invested money in in property and being out here. So it looks like I mean, this is a guy that put money down here for a home. So that's I mean that's pretty uh that's pretty significant uh in my opinion at least but uh i don't know much uh i don't know much about his uh his fiance because uh the information that i have is, is a little bit outdated because uh, i know he was dating a girl that was actually canadian his girl his canadian girlfriend but supposedly uh i think they broke up and i to be honest with you i forgot who he got engaged to okay fair enough fair enough but uh all food for thought, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. And we will be here on Saturday, uh, Saturday uh, lunch with uh, L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. What do we think? Does that have a nice ring to it, Augie? That has a really nice ring to it, uh, for sure. Bust out the Wonder Bread, bust out the uh, Oscar Mayer bologna and a little bit of Miracle Whip, and uh, have a good time with a can of Pringles and listening to L.A. King's Road Talk Radio. So, hey, I'll tell you what, Augie, let's go ahead and wrap this up. But we haven't done this in a while, uh, and I think uh, you, nobody did it better. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up with a little Sammy Hagar weekend, and Augie going to go ahead and count us out. The floor is yours, my friend. All right, everybody. In celebration of the fact that Yarmir Yager – the man with the 80s mullet is playing in the Olympics. <laughs> Pull out your mullet and, and raise it high. Make it something that makes you happy. Flip in the, uh, uh, go back to the days of KNAC and KLOS and KMET and get ready to enjoy the sights and sounds of not being able to drive 55 as we have Sammy Hagar weekend.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.